0: What's up, guys? Welcome to episode three of Motorcade 313. My name is Corey Roush. With me, as always, is Akio Hollingsworth. How's it going, man? I'm doing good, man. How are you? Good, good. So, we're back to our season preview. And as we, this will be dropping on October 4th or the week of that. So, uh, it's kind of crazy that we are only a couple weeks away from the return of the season. And last week, we previewed the guards for the for the Detroit Pistons and obviously guards and wings, there could be a little bit of interchangeability here. So some of these people will still be in that shooting guard range. Uh, This is actually the biggest position group for the Pistons because it also involves your two way and stuff like that. So the players that we'll be talking about this week are Kate Cunningham, Hamadou Diallo, Sadiq Bey, Josh Jackson. We'll touch briefly on Isaiah livers and Chris Smith and Jeremy Grant. That is so last week, it was pretty easy that we wanted to start with Killian. There's a couple people places we could start here. Who do you want to start with, Akil? I don't care. I don't care. What are you thinking? Let's do Cade. He he's the namesake. He is he is the number one overall pick. He's
1: he's he's our brand. So I I feel like yeah, that's a great place to start.
0: Let's yeah. do it. So we all, obviously the sample size is small because it's only the summer league and his his fresh freshman year at Oklahoma State, but he's what really has reunited this franchise I think that obviously last year was a rough year but we were planning on building towards the future and hoping to get the top pick we did we got the top pick and it's Cade Cunningham and he just immediately steps in and becomes the face of this franchise I think that you can tell already like I said on episode one with the Cartier buffs and just really embracing Detroit but it's just like the work ethic too it's it's I, it's so cliche th- sometimes when you talk about culture or whatever for some cities, but the Pistons are typically thought of as like this hard nosed, grinded out franchise that just wants to go to work. It's not really glitzy, and while Kate is a showy player, he kind of it feels like he embraces that attitude too. And that he wants to pick up all of his teammates. It's, it's very team over everything with him, and I think that he fits the mentality of this franchise perfectly. Even before you get into the game that he brings on the court. I'm thrilled to have Cade Cunningham as a part of my basketball team.
1: Oh, man, absolutely. We, we talk about it draft night. The moment he threw the buffs on Pistons Twitter um, from the likes of Duncan Smith to Koo to everybody was just in shambles, man. Like, he really went all in on embodying what we are as a city. And the first thing he said, Detroit, I want to be here. Let's go to work. Um, That was everything, right? Because it feels like getting a pick who openly wants to be in our city and grow with our city was huge. Um, So I think he was already sold from the moment he said Detroit. I'm here, baby. Like, let's do it. Let's get it going. I think everybody was all in. Like, at that
0: point, we didn't care. Like, whatever happens, happens. We were happy. Yeah, he he wants to build a winner here. And... Like, I, I, I'm i all for player empowerment. Well, I'm sure we'll get into this as we talk about other things throughout the season. I, I'm all for that. But it's also nice whenever a guy comes in and you can tell he wants to be. He didn't just want to be the number one pick. He immediately said, I'm only working out for one team and I'm working out for the Detroit Pistons. Some of that is bravado because he knew he was going to be the number one pick. But some of that's also because he is he, he's embracing it. He's embracing that role as a leader. And it shows in the way he plays. He's a fantastic passer. He obviously showed a little bit more three-point shooting than our other lead ball handler, and that he hit three seven threes in a, in a summer league game. Again, summer league, but you hit seven threes in a game. That's that's impressive, no matter what level it's at. And I I am a believer in, in the, the fit between him and Killian. I think that, Cade, okay.
1: that that's a cool place to start. That's um, yeah, but
0: yeah. I, I think that because Cade is more he could play multiple positions. Whereas I think Killian's like, if they were both locked in at point guard, I'd be a little bit more skeptical. I think that they, when they hit their peak could be the best defensive duo in terms of guards in the league. I think they both have that level of potential and they're both great playmakers. Yes. We need Killian to become a better shooter. So he's able to play off ball more, but I think, the fact that their defensive and passing abilities overlap so well gives me confidence. And like, neither of them are really the type that, like, I think they both have the right attitude about it. They both want to grow together and you you can see that when they're doing interviews or just in the way they carry themselves on the court. I think that their personalities mesh so well that I'm optimistic about the fit.
1: Yeah, that's, that's all fair. Um, College. He was, a really, really good player, right? He was averaging around 20 assists per game, over five rebounds per game. Um, First thing people always want to point out is that he only averaged three and a half assists per game. Then my always comeback was he averaged around nine point something potential assists per game, which basically means he was passing it to dudes, dudes are getting shots, and dudes miss shots. Yeah. So also you're playing in the middle of Oklahoma State with dudes that aren't NBA basketball players that aren't good. Um, they're just not going to make shots. Like that's also a lot of it as well. So I don't want to dive too deep into those numbers, but like to going to where the NBA is trending, right? Like you want to have those bigger guard slash wing kind of dudes who can eat up possessions, running a whole ton of high pick and roll and just eat up shots like that. I mean, you you see it with Luca. You see it with like the James Hardens as well. Like. Cade's also that. So it's like, it, it makes sense in that way as well. Um, my biggest question when it comes down to it, I'm not really worried about it this year. Uh, let's see how that works out. Um, with, the, with the pairing, with a McKillian, that's, let's say, two or three years down the line and this, this isn't working. Um, I'd like to see us be more early on pulling the plug than... The Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid thing. Oh, yeah. Like, right now. Right? Like, two years down the line, if this isn't working still, I need us pulling down the, pulling the plug on it two years, not four.
0: And I think that we've seen with Troy, as we talked about already, that he's not afraid to make a move if he doesn't think something's working. I just was always pushing back. Like, I, I got multiple messages the night that we won the draft lottery saying, so is Killian on the block now? And I always thought that was foolish. Like, let's see it first. It's not – we're not – rushing as we said last week we're not rushing to make the playoffs this year the people that think we are are probably just being foolish or over hopeful which foolish um I I think that it's worth seeing I think that they are both such malleable talents that it would be a little bit short-sighted to not see what how it works and you're right I I wouldn't stick to it as long as they did in Philly but also I think there's a difference between having a duplicity with ball handlers and duplicity with big men. That's the difference to me. I think that the issue in Philly is that the person who's supposed to be your ball handler, who's actually probably a big man can't shoot. And while Joel Embiid was a good shooter this year, that's not really been his game in general. So I think having both of your top players not be able to shoot, until this season is a little bit crippling. Whereas, like I said, we've already seen the cave can. And if Killian develops that, I think the fit will be pretty seamless. So I'm optimistic. I, I, like I said, like we talked about last week, I'm definitely buying into Killian more than a lot of people, I guess, because some people are already ready to write him off. I'm by no means ready to do that. So, um, but yeah, I, I think the pairing is intriguing if nothing else. And I do, we we talked last week that sometimes you have to temper your expectations with a lottery pick and that they're not gonna be they're not all gonna be stars. I'm not saying Kate's going to be this year, but I, I whether or not Jeremy Grant makes an all-star team with the Detroit Pistons, I'm not sure. But if he does not, I do a hundred percent believe that Cade Cunningham will be the next Detroit Piston to make an all-star game. No,
1: nope, that's that's a fair fair thing to have a bet on, my friend. I will, I will also take that bet. Yeah, we said before, Kate will be a ton of fun to watch this whole year. Uh, I think Kate will probably get a triple-double here really, really early this season. And everybody's going to be ready for what is Cade Cunningham this season. So I'm excited, man. Sky's the limit with him.
0: I agree. I agree. So let's get into Jeremy real quick. Because while he's one of the few on this list that's not a young player, he kind of changed the culture of the team last season, just as much as bringing in a Troy Weaver did or the young guys, because he came in and like you said, what we liked about Cade was he wanted to be here and people thought it was just the money, but then it comes out that Denver offered him the same thing. And the, he wanted to be able to build something as the lead guy. And he liked Detroit. That's big for Detroit fans because no one ever seems to really pick Detroit in free agency. And he came out and backed it up. He barely did not make the all-star game last year. He averaged 22.3 points per game, 4.6 rebounds, 2.8 assists, and 1.1 blocks. That was good enough for him to make the Olympic team. We can argue about whether or not he should have been on the Olympic team or if he should have seen playing time with said Olympic team. But he made it nonetheless, which was kind of cool to see a Piston on the Olympics. I don't know. I'm just I, – I I like Jeremy a lot. I, I was surprised that he was able to be a go-to number one option. Some would say that he was able to do that because the team was terrible. But I we saw a lot more from him last year that – was sustainable than I expected. I was happy with the signing, but I didn't think that he would be able to sustain that throughout the entire season the way that he did. I I think that ideally he takes a step back this year, not like a huge step back, but like it's not just all on his shoulders, but he could be even better playing with an increased level of talent because I do think that this team, while still young, is better than last season's. So I'm interested to see what Jeremy Grant does this year. How do you feel about him coming into this season?
1: Um, I'm, I'm really excited, man. He was phenomenal last year. We, we talked about it already. Like he was great. And for the people out here, I'm, I'm assuming um, you read the piece, Corey, but James Edward, who's oh, the yeah. guy for the athletic. That story was one of the best things I read that whole season last year, um, where he openly talked about how much being black meant to him and playing for a black coach with a black GM in a very black city really, really meant to him and how much he really wanted to embrace that. Um, That was really cool to hear. And he clearly talked about it a lot as well. Um, So I think Jeremy Grant can get better. Like I think there is a next step to his game when you're playing with a guy like Cade, if you're open, Cade will find you the basketball. And I'm thinking about all the K Jeremy Grant pick and rolls that we're going to get this year. And it's very nice to think about. So um, I think I think Jeremy Grant, can. he took a huge step up this year. Like, I think he could take another jump this year.
0: I do too. I think that, like we said a lot last week, was that it's very tough to really wrap your head around how players developed last year. Because with Killian out so much, like your lead playmaker a lot of the time, was the one right? Who's fine, but that's not like he's not an elite playmaker. Now you'll have theoretically two young players that profile that they could be on that level. So I think it's gonna be really fun to see him with multiple ball handlers. I think that taking that responsibility off of him a little bit will allow him to cook offensively. And he also showed a lot of like prowess as a defensive player. He's always been that. That's what he was in Denver, whereas he was able to lock down like the perimeter players for Denver. I, I kind of like the defensive fit with this team as well. I think that Grant, maybe he doesn't push for an all-star game again because, I mean, the East got better and it's tough to get an all-star berth when you're arguably one of the bottom three teams in the conference. But I think that he is going to put up I, – I would not be surprised if his production is very similar and he just becomes more efficient because he has shown that growth and he is, like I said, he's a Troy Weaver guy. That, that's all hard work all day. You know, and I think that they're building yeah. that culture here and he's the first step.
1: So, talk about defense and, and what is like the defensive versatility of our basketball team. Um, at times, we'll be able to throw out Killian, Cade, Jeremy, and then two other dudes who I think are really good defenders that we're going to talk about here right now um, together. Um, that'll be a ton of fun to watch defensively. Like, especially when you talk about being able to switch and guard multiple spots and multiple people, the versatility of those three. It's, it's going to be insane.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. So we'll get into – let's get into Sadiq Bey next because he is – My guy. Yeah, exactly. He's uh I think he surprised a lot of people because he goes 19th in the draft, but then he, he comes in and he's immediately ready. And he's all-rookie first team, started 53 of the 70 games. There was a time that he was shooting like 25% from two, but like 40% from three and it evened out over the year. He, among rookies who attempted at least 103 pointers, he was sixth in three-point percentage at 38%. But he attempted 460, and the next closest one was at 303. He is a high-volume shooter, and he I, like. I, we can argue about his role going forward like in, in terms of where the core stands, because I think some people were a little bit higher on him in that regard than I am, but he is such a key part of what this rebuild is, and I, I like that we watched him bulk up a little bit. In the summer league, he was the best rebounder on the team, which says a little bit more about the roster than anything else. But it shows that he's growing his game, too. As somebody who was an older player, I like that he's growing his game like that. So go ahead. You said he's your guy. Talk about Sadiq Bay.
1: He's just not my guy. I think my thing is I really, really love Villanova players and how they come into the NBA. They translate so well, man. And what Jay Wright does there, he runs a chip. Uh, they have really, really good NBA ready dudes that just come into the NBA and they play right away. Like you look at Mikhail, Jalen Brunson, Dante, um, so on and so forth. Like the two things that he does really, really well are what you need every single wing to do right away, which is catch and shoot, hit jump shots, and play defense. And he does both of those things at a very, very, very good level. Um, dude's not afraid to shoot the basketball. To your point, right? Attempted four hundred sixty, hit thirty eight percent. Uh, really quick trigger. Um, If he's open, the ball will be going up and most likely in. My thing is, I already know he can be a really, really good 3 and D guy. My next questions are going to be is, is he just going to be a 3 and D guy? Which is, it's good. Like, that's good to have. Uh, But I'm also kind of out on dudes who can only just catch and shoot on offense. Like, It is. It's kind of tough, especially in playoff times. You you see it, Um, and I want this team to be in the playoffs. I sure you do as well. But like, it's really hard to get played out of games, man. Like it's it's really easy for that to happen to you if all you can do is catch and shoot. Um, So, hopefully, some offensive versatility comes. That's what I'm really excited to to see him putting the ball on the deck a little bit more, um, being able to create his own jump shot and not have to rely on people to create it for him. Um, So if he does that that this year if that's it's like growth that happens man Sadiq is gonna be a ton of fun uh but still you know what you get out of him he'll hit a ton of shots he'll play defense but yeah the offensive versatility and offensive creation is the thing that I'm looking forward to seeing from him this year
0: yeah I, I agree I think that a lot of people just saw first team all rookie the way he was able to perform at a high level had multiple 20 point games early on in the season and they're like this is a future all-star I think that's a little hyperbolic at this point I think that like you said, I think at a minimum he has a three and D win, which that's going to get him a job in this league for about a decade. So that like
1: he'll get paid. Congrats. Yeah. You'll have you'll have a spot on every NBA basketball team.
0: Correct. I but I'm with you in the in the sense that I need a little bit more growth in terms of offensive creation for himself and for others for him to be this star that people think is part of the young core's future. I think that's the biggest adjustment that fans are going to have to make while this uh, rebuild goes on in the sense that we're in love with him. We're in love with Isaiah Stewart. Obviously they were all rookie team guys. Are they going to be stars in the future? And do they have the potential? Sure. But I think we have to watch growth happen. It's not just the guarantee that they are a part of this core going forward. They are right now. And I think there's room for growth, but I want to see City Bay continue to grow. He's like he's an unfinished product right now, and I'm optimistic. I think that the threes are great, and for a team that desperately needs shooting around their their core, I think that that's a huge thing that he brings to it. But like you said, we need more. It, he's not often going to be the number one option on offense because whether he there's some positional overlap with him and Jeremy and Cade, that it's going to be tough for him to be that go to option. So he's going to like. There's a chance that I know you said you don't want him to be just a catch and shoot guy. He may end up being that more often than not because there's you have so many other guys that are going to create their own offense. And we're going to get to another guy in a little bit who is not often looking to pass that City will uh, share the court with quite a bit. That I'm unsure that he's going to take that step as an offensive creator this season. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, I'm not saying I don't want it, I'm just saying I'm, I'm less, yeah, yeah, I don't less, know. optimistic
1: for me my thing my my thing is when i watch those pistols games a lot of the time last once he caught the ball the shot was either going up or he was basically just kicking it to the next guy and they're just running some more stuff like let's say like if he's coming off of a pin down or whatever's happening if he's catching that basketball and like my next thing is was like look the moment you catch it if you have a shot great shoot it but like attack closeouts. Like, that's my thing. It's like, attack those as hard as you can. Try to get to the rim and go get some layups or either get fouled get to the field line. Or if you draw help, then you can get rid of it. Like, I think right now you get so obsessed with shooting threes, which of course, great. I need threes, of course. But it's like, you can add a pump fake here and there, get to a mid-range and, like, get a dribble in and shoot one of those. Like, those aren't necessarily bad shots either if they are wide open. So, like it's more of that stuff than just him being a strictly a three point shooter that I do. I want to cut kind to of see.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree completely. So the guy that I think may end up being the odd man out on this roster, and it's because of stuff like that. Like I said, that it's not really gonna end up getting kicked to too many people. I know he's popular. I I'm I, I want to get your opinion on him. Josh Jackson. He was one of the fun stories last year because he has he is a he is a Detroit native and He was good last year. He 13.4 points off the bench. He was that spark off the bench and he was a lot of attitude. Like he tried to fight Ben Simmons at one point. He's really good in transition. I don't think my guy knows you can pass the ball. So that's part of the problem. And I don't know, like I think that as we get a lot of these like rangy wings that can play defense and get out in transition, you can't play all of them. I know that's like a great position to like fill, but when you have like five, they can't all get on the court regularly. So what are your thoughts on Josh Jackson?
1: I have a lot of thoughts on Josh Jackson. Funny, really random story time that I could get into for like two seconds. I played Josh Jackson when I was in high school. Um, okay. because This was before he went to Prolific Prep. Uh, he went to Consortium. Um, this was at an MSU summer basketball camp. So like all schools around the area, basically, they all just come to this camp. And Josh Jackson, of course, was basically the next thing to Michael Jordan in the state of Michigan at this time. Yeah. Um, so he comes into our games and he's eating a bag of Skittles and he's wearing cracks before he's ready to go play a basketball game. I was just like, I don't know if Skittles are like the things that you want to eat before you're getting ready to play basketball, right? And so he downs a whole bag of Skittles, drinks some Gatorade, but then sure enough, just proceeds to dunk all over us for a whole game. And I was like, okay, yeah, this kid's pretty good. I guess Skittles are like his, his energy jug or anything <laughs> something like that. But, man, yeah, it is a cool story. He is coming back, like, Detroit, born and raised. Sky was always a limit for him. Like, he's a freak athlete. He has, like, the body of an NBA basketball player, right? Like, that six 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 eight frame, like, 225, like, that 190 to 200-ish weight as well. So, like, yeah. Uh, but I don't think, like, he's a gunner, man. Like, he's not lucky to get anybody the ball. If he has a ball in his hands, shots probably going up. He's, he's fun to watch. Yeah. Um. But like, I think on your end as well, you'll probably be the guy losing out on minutes.
0: Yeah. He was one of those guys that I thought might get like, when we were doing the roster crunch before the Seku and Jaleel move, I thought there was a solid chance that Josh might be on the move because he did show enough last year that I think a team could take a chance on him to come off their bench, but also like he doesn't, the fifth year long-term is not sustainable. So I do like him. He always draws eyes to him, but like as we go along, I just want to see the other wings more. And we'll get into another one in a minute here, but that's the biggest issue for me is that uh, there are a lot of people at this position that you're trying to develop that I think that it's going to be tough for him to be able to consistently see minutes, especially because he's on his third team in four years. This will be his fifth season, obviously. But as you said, when he was eating Skittles and dunking on kids, you could tell that he was going to be – uh, like a top, he was a top five pick for a reason, but it's, it's he's still trying to find that fit. And he he looked good here last year, but I, I don't think that it's going to last all that long. Before we get into the last yeah. core wing, I wanted to touch on the two young guys real quick: uh, Isaiah Livers and Chris Smith. Chris Smith is on a two way; he's unlikely to spend much time with the main club this year. He is going to mostly play with the Crews, but I'm I'm happy that they're. Uh, take more chances on young guys. I'm happy the crews are there. That's one thing that we'll probably talk about a little bit as the season goes along, but I think that having the G League team in the same city is such a benefit that you're going to be able to grow these young guys more, so I'm definitely excited about that. And then Livers, I'm not quite sure when we will see him. Uh, I joked about it, uh, I think it was last week or the week before, that uh, I'm not sure you'll be able to root for him because he is a former Michigan player, but uh, I'm I'm hoping to see something from him at some point.
1: Yeah, no, I'm a big Livers fan. Um, I wanted him to come to Michigan State. then He went to U of M. Uh, that's neither here nor there. But he is from the state of Michigan as well. Uh, so it's really cool getting Michigan guys going to our pro team. Like, that's always fun. Uh, like, fun little story. Granted, it's the way other side of the state. Uh, but we talked about it with Sadiq Bay. Like, it'll be the same thing with Livers. Um, a high-end basketball player he knows what he's really good at. Um, he'll make jump shots, he'll shoot jump shots, and he'll play defense. So he'll also fit in that kind of 3 and D role as well. Um, so, granted, like, you can never not have enough 3 and D guys, so he'll be a nice addition to have on the roster.
0: Yeah, no, that, that, I agree with that. Um, and then finally, Hamadou Diallo. I, I don't know what your feelings were before he came over. I really liked Hamadou with the Thunder, and when we traded for him, I was actually pretty excited. I was never much of a Sfima guy, Uh guy, and... I like like the potential that Hamadou had. I think last year was something of a a, a little bit of a breakout season for him even before he came over, and then when he was here for 20 games, he averaged 11.2 points, 5.4 rebounds, and he hit 39% of his three-point shots, which was – he was always a decent three-point shooter, but having that jump up to that level really opens up his game. He is one of the elite athletes on the roster, and – I just, I, I think that the sky's the limit for the potential of him as a role player in this league. I'm not saying he's going to be a star, but I think that he fits the timeline so well with our young core. And he is just showing like this developmental curve that I think kind of rivals some of the top end prospects on this roster. Am I crazy? Or are you agreeing with me on, on Steve, or on Hamadou Diallo here?
1: No, I, I really like Hamadou. Um, you said it, like the thing that jumped out to me was that he made 39% of his three. It's like he became a shooter, and I thought he was just going to be a dude who would get in the game, get some posters. And that, by the way, ton of value in itself, right? Like being able yeah. to dunk on dudes um, kind of takes a soul out of a defense um, or a basketball team. But, yeah, the fact that he's nailing shots, and you can kind of see him become more than just the athlete, um, is really encouraging. So, like, let's see what his next steps are. Like, does he become a really good defender? Um, does he start taking guys off the dribble? Um, yeah, well, we will see, but I'm, I'm excited for the ride with him.
0: Yeah, I am too. I I think that coming into the rebuild, this is what a lot of people said was just take chances on young talent. And that's exactly what you did with Amadou. And I think he's going to actually really reward uh, Troy's belief in him. I think that, like I said, the the thing you're noticing is that that it's it's hardworking guys that want to be here. And, Even before he resigned, he was at the summer league games because he wants to be here. He wants to be part of this. And that makes a world of difference as a a Detroit Pistons fan, actually getting to see a guy who wants to be here and part of it and grow with it. I'm just really excited for the future here. But that wraps up the Wings. Uh, I think unless there's anything else you wanted to add on the wing rotation, I think that uh, kind of puts a bow on episode three. Was there anything else you wanted to add?
1: No. Wings, I think we're, we're kind of the bulk of our roster. Yeah. Uh, especially because it's Cade, Sadiq, and um, Jeremy Grant, and those are probably the three best players that we have on our roster next year, I want to say, unless you try to make a case for Stu, which I would be interested in listening to, Uh, but definitely three of the four best players on our roster. Um, So, yeah, it was nice to kind of touch on all of them, and I'm excited because Jeremy, I think, is going to be a lot better this year. Maybe he'll keep the same stat line, Uh, But I think it will be a lot more efficient. And when you're playing next to a solid ball handler and playmaker slash creator and, and Cade, a lot of the stuff that Jeremy does is just going to look a lot better.
0: Yeah, no, I agree completely. Uh, Okay. Perfect. So next week, guys, we will be back and we will touch on the remaining players on the roster, the big men on the roster. Uh, So this has been episode three of K 313.